Okay. And why funnier, you funny. Oh, oh, there we go. Now I got right. myself. Is that hotter? No, it's good. No? Okay. So funny recording story. Um, when I was doing my edge of breakup, I'm sitting there and I like pull out the, the Supro, dial it up, put the mic in front of it. I'm like positioning the mic like nine o'clock. No, but what if I do it like this? So I do that, put it all together, open up GarageBand, just doesn't really come through with a very impressive recording. I'm like, wow, oh, that's kind of weird. Like, let me move it around or whatever. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Let me start tapping on the mic. And I start tapping on the mic. There's nothing going on the little channel indicator. I'm like, okay, that's weird. You know what it was? It was this mic picking it up from like a foot and a half away. <laughs> like, hang on. Let me, let me switch a couple cables around and let's try this again. Isn't that like content right there? Yeah. Or what? Do the math. Five kids. Three dogs, two cats, one and a half fish. Do teenagers count? And a lizard. Thirteen guitars. Seventeen years of formal education. Nineteen, but who's counting? Two middle-aged two men. Two middle-aged men. On a podcast. Get off my lawn. And a whole bunch of misguided ideas. <laughs> it works out to something like grade 43. 40. Get off my lawn. Grade. How do I? I don't want to see myself. See, but like right, that right there could be our cold open. I mean, now it can't, but that could have been our cold open. Right. We come in talking like, hey, like, what was the last thing you just did before you sat down in front of your Zoom machine? Oh, my God. I had to go on a walk with Juliana for her to get the wiggles out before bedtime. (laughs) And then I told her at the end of the walk, like, hey, Juliana, I love you to death. I love answering your questions, but sometimes daddy needs a break from answering every why question in the world. And she's like, why, daddy? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, why? (laughs) And I poured myself a rye (laughs) to to soothe the whys. (laughs) Yeah. I guess we should tell people why we're here. Yeah. Who are you? Who are you? Yeah. Okay. I feel right. like we should have an intro about like why we're doing it. We're finally, we're starting our podcast that we've been talking about for a while, right? This is awesome. And it's like the perfect day to do it because it's, it's 2 22 22. And That's apparently Vegas is like blowing up with the weddings because it's such a lucky palindrome day for weddings. So. It's our lucky day too. So that's awesome. You know, can't wait you ever till wonder like there's, um, Somebody who I used to work with at a previous job was known to be superstitious about their phone number having a number four in it because in their culture, number four was bad luck. So even though Ma Bell was the only, you know, recourse here, like she had to work as hard as possible to try not get a phone number with a four in it. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But not today. What are we here to do today, Calmar? That was a good intro. That could be our intro. Us talking about the intro could be our intro. <laughs> we're here to talk about strings and we're here to talk about the word of That's the day right. which is edge of breakup That's right. Uh, and maybe talk a little bit about like why on earth we're doing like I don't think we ever talked about it why do we want to do a podcast but we both were like hey let's do a podcast right? I have a very <laughs> simple answer to that <laughs> right, have we started what's going yeah, on no, I, I, think we're, I think we're started we're in it we're soaking in it I love it okay well, why, why, are, why are you doing a podcast? Because I'm a middle-aged man <laughs> with enough 
time and disposable income to pursue a fun project with a friend. That's why I'm doing it. <laughs> Dang it. He kind of like nailed my, like I was going to say before this, I was playing some gigs occasionally and that sort of scratched my musical itch. And then the pandemic came and jacked it. I needed a new musical itch. And then I got into this gear itch and just like practicing and like, what do I, what am I going to practice? Why am I even going to practice? You know what? Let's make a podcast. That's better. I'm just going to focus my energies on that. Non and, just, and we might yeah. make, we might be able to monetize it someday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, when I played in a band for years, well, like 20 years ago, I was like a total gear Luddite. I just had an amp and a guitar, basically. And then, um, and I also didn't have any money. But now, like you said, I have a little bit of money, and you do too. As I, as I like to say, I, I can always get the guac at, at Chipotle now, you know? It's not like, <laughs> got, oh my goodness, I like can't the, get the guac. <laughs> people talk about the fuck you money. I've got the guac at Chipotle money. That's right. I got the guac at Chipotle money. It's not even a question anymore. Of course I want it. Yes, yes. Yeah, everything. it's like, yeah, of course I want guac. I want the burrito with everything, including the guacamole. Including I'm, I'm the Because I'm a baller guac, now. Right, and two proteins. And, um, but, but so now I can like buy the $100 tone pot for my Strat, which before would have been a ludicrous thing for me to do. So yeah. like, why not do that? It's, it's a much better hobby than smoking, as we like to say. That's right. <laughs> and it's a lot cheaper than like, some of my other friends that are like buying cars, you know, we're in our forties and what do they do? Oh, yeah. Yep. They buy like the, the, the off-roading Lexus, something like that, you know, <laughs> two things that are synonymous, get a windshield <laughs> like... full of mud while symphonic music <laughs> plays in the background. Dun, dun, That's dun, right. Your plush leather dun, dun. seats, at least your seats are warm or air conditioned. They do both. And it still know? has like the big red bow from Christmas on top of it. Right. <laughs> right. Right. That's on top of the cool, floodlights that you can turn on for whatever reason right. people have floodlights on their suvs no offense to people that have that stuff i just know nothing about cars so they I may, they'll make great that. patreons someday so so that's your I deal that's why we're doing so it, i think right? that's if i'm reading the instruction manual right that's that's your deal here calamar yeah i'm brian well i feel right. like we should clear up we do live separately we have separate families but we yes. have known each other since we were like four right right Right, and hence why we did some math, and we're like, yeah, let's call it grade 43, because we've known each other since grade one, so <laughs> why not? Yep. Yeah, so by now we're grade 43. There's a number of teenagers who need not be spoken of, and uh, other assorted animals. Yeah, animals, and then uh, also preschoolers because why not why not be in your mid-40s and have a preschooler to you know keeps you, keep young. you young that's right <laughs> keeps you young young people seem to enjoy being tired <laughs> and annoyed oh my goodness oh my goodness yeah cool. so for me it's you know it's simpler although those aspects are like neat and interesting but basically i'm just i'm chasing a shiny object yeah and especially now that, like, if you had asked me a year ago, a year ago, yeah, probably, well, go back two years, let's say, because I think I've had the spark for two years, maybe, whenever, yeah. shortly after it first came out. If you had asked me, like, some total about, like, my my gear, I'd be like, eh, I've got, like, a Fender Twin modeling amp kind of thing that I keep at a friend's right. house when I play. And other than that, I have this crappy Epiphone. And now, like, I 
I'm like, oh my God, you know how many, I'd have electric Ladyland by now if I'd never smoked. <laughs> well, I remember two years ago when we talked about gear and I think we both were just like, I had some pedals and you had your oh, spark. Oh, yeah, I was like, like, that's all ugh, I need. Ugh, You're like, pedals. I'm good. What are you, like, a 12 yeah, year old? Right, right, right. Like, why do you have, what? What do you need pedal? Do you use all of them? Like, how, what, what is that for? Yeah, right. And it was kind of silly because I was in a Motown band. I used one of the pedal. I think mm -hmm. I used a reverb pedal. Like I had six pedals on this pedal board that I made and I used a reverb pedal. A very nice one, but you don't need a lot for Motown. Um, and then the pandemic came and then I took this class online and then I got an HX stomp and here we are. <laughs> it's like now I have six guitars that I didn't have before either. Oh man, yeah. Anyway, yeah, and we're like nerding up on um, and you know you know uh, bums me out. I still cannot think of the. I thought of the perfect like thing that comes after the semicolon. It was like the perfect gerunding of what we were. It was gonna be like you know grade forty three pursuing blah 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 blah. Right? It was like the perfect gerund thing. And then I'm like right. laying down for a nap today. I'm like, oh, that's good. I'll have to use that in in a bit. And uh, I'm like, then I lay down and took a nap, and I've got no idea what it was. The magic is gone. <laughs> so. Well, maybe right now it's like pursuing sponsorship, right? <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Sounds like a plan. All right. So, what there are some of our bits? Should we talk about one of our bits? Should we go into one of our bits? Well, do we want to get already into the word of the day? Yeah. yeah, let's do it. Cool. Yeah, I was thinking. I, was yeah. there, I had to think that over. Yeah, like vocabulary. We're we're you know we're not gonna we're not beheld to any names yet, but um, we're gonna talk about a different tone for a little while here. Different tone terminology, if you will, um, in every episode, right? So it might be woolly, it might be ice pick, it could be uh, transparent. And uh, today we figured we'd start with one that we both kind of dig, um, which was Edge of Breakup. Yeah. Now, caveat here. We're not really also going to uh, worry about, oh, this is the true meaning of Edge of Breakup, or this is the true meaning of, of haunting mids. Uh, it's our interpretation of these things, and, and yeah. we don't care about some... <laughs> Yeah, and I think when we, I always like the the sound of this, like Edge of Breakup, it just sounds like intense. It sounds like a Cure album or something like that, and uh, I don't think I'd ever heard that described. And then I was poking around somewhere on Reverb when I had too much time on my hands, and it may have been before I bought the uh, the Immaculator, the the Blessed Mother uh, pedal, which features in my tone. Um, I heard somebody say in like a demo video, that edge of breakup, and I'd never heard that before. Maybe it was Brad Carlton said it in another thing, but like I heard that come out in like uh, in the parlance somewhere on like some sort of video. So that was the first time seeing it. But other than that, I pretty much sequestered myself. I only read the written word about this idea of edge of breakup. I only saw it when it was a marketing bullet point for some pedal or amp or some other huh. piece of doodads. Nice, nice. I feel like it's a sound I've been pursuing for some time, but we can go into it when we, uh, as we talk about it, right? Or, or whatever order you want to do. Mm, okay. And uh, I, I was thinking we could talk about um, what was your gear set up to achieve your edge of breakup 
and sort of what yeah. was your inspiration, right? So, all right, so let me show you my Edge of Breakup, right? So for the guitar, I used my Ibanez Geo, which is like my <laughs> beater guitar for experimenting with uh, different mods. And it has these metal foil pickups that have ferrite magnets in them, Ooh. which are kind of interesting and different from, I guess, sort of conventional pickups. Different And uh, they're, they're very low, very low impedance, which some people argue impedance isn't really an indicator of like quality of pickups or anything like that, but it's like really low. The neck is 4K and the bridge is 6K. So it's like really low. I don't I, know I, what I, any of that means. Yeah, I think like... I bet your guitar probably has like 15K in the bridge or something like that. So it's, but I don't know what that even means either. So hmm. who cares? Um, but that's the, that's the guitar I used. And then I used the stomp and uh, I'll, I'll share a link in our, in our um, notes, but um, I used a preset by John Cordy. Uh, I think his name is John Nathan Cordy. Uh, I love the presets that he makes for the HX stomp. And, and then I just kind of uh, tweaked it a little bit, but uh, I'll let you go to his website and you can, you know, see how that all works. You can purchase it. His, his stuff is super inexpensive. It's amazing. Um, so, and that's why I won't share my version of it. Cause it's literally all I did was just like kind of tweak some of the settings. Otherwise the, 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 the layout is all exactly the same as his. So, so anyway, for your homework assignment, you essentially got the cliff notes. Yeah. So the <laughs> HX stomp with some stock cabs and a, uh, so the amp is something that was designed by line six themselves. It's called the Vento. It's a new one that just came out. So I wanted to use that. That was fun. So, um, that was a lot of talking and here is my, uh, my edge of breakup. mind i was pleased you're i think we'll be pleased to see even though you said we played different things <clears throat> yeah. when we were screening these um i think tone wise we landed in the same arena right yeah yeah that that little thing was like from a motown song people probably recognize it yeah um it kind of sounded like yeah, my like, my woman from tokyo a right. little bit too right 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 my right woman from tokyo so like i have a lot of thoughts about edge of breakup and and like for a lot of what i played when i was playing motown it is like the sound i'm going for which is like nothing with too much saturation and compression uh and use it for like all of the rhythm playing but what i have found can be very challenging with that sound uh, especially on like this ibanez guitar which is like a very inexpensive guitar i forgot to mention the pickups i got are from guitarfetish.com and their quick plug, which I, I can I can remove them and, and put in other ones, and I have like USB three other of sets. pickups. <laughs> but we'll yeah exactly. But we'll 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 save that for a different episode, like how different the different pickups are. But uh, the I think it's the wiring harness that just unfortunately the volume and the tone change dramatically very, with very little turning of those values, right? Mm. So like um, 
on my more expensive guitars, I can turn down the volume and it gradually changes the volume. And I can turn the tone and it gradually changes the tone. On this guitar, it's kind of hard to do that. So yeah, basically, you go from like four and a half to eight. Yeah. Like so you got to like heartbeat. basically dime everything and then adjust everything with your presets. So like when I'm playing a gig and it's just guitar. So so for Edge of Breakup, for me, you know, it starts at the guitar. And depending on your setup, if you don't have any effects or anything, you need to have a guitar that is versatile, like that you can do that kind of stuff with, right? Because if you noodle with things, you're going to mess up the, you know, the the sound for the whole band, the balance of the sound. Right. <laughs> They're going to, like the, the sound engineer is going to hate you for, for, for doing stuff. Uh, or you're just going to disappear when you turn down the volume to eight and it's like, oh, I'm gone now. So what do I do? Um, so like in that situation, you can still get around it, I think, because I could just do it with the presets in the stomp. Like mm. you, you ha I have enough technology at my hands that <laughs> instead of dealing with the volume and the tone knobs, I'm just going to dial that in with a preset and I'm done. Right. Whereas, uh, when I used to play more just guitar and amp, and even if it were just pedals, I would be stuck with this guitar. It mm. would it would cause me problems in a gig where I'm playing for two hours and I need to constantly be changing. Like, because I don't think that that tone works for me to play single notes. I have like very little sustain, and it's it, it's not great for playing a lead, and yeah. and so it only works for rhythm, um, unless I do it with a with the stomp. Anyway, that's an interesting so point though about the like yeah. the the live kind of application of it, right? Yeah. Because I can certainly say, and maybe this is stuff that we'll explore as we explore all these things, is any gig I ever played, it was never to get a better tone that I would adjust the volume or that I would crank the amp a little bit higher than normal, but roll the volume back so I had a little where little place to go. When yeah. it eventually came time to stand out, it was just all loud, noisy, deafening competition. It wasn't like, oh yeah, listen to listen to that edge of breakup there. No, that's that's Brian trying to climb to the front of the mix. <laughs> right, right, right. And like the last few gigs that I've done that were indoors and not like at a town event, town fair kind of thing. Even those, they all ask me to make my amp as quiet as I can hmm. possibly make it. So that means I cannot rely on the sound qualities of the amp. <laughs> ever right. for anything I'm doing like oh let me turn it up and get that like the, that warmth of the of the of the um tubes yeah no they don't want that at all right. it would blow everybody away in the room so <laughs> and that's why I moved to using the stomp with just a a um a stage monitor you know and like all of the sound just comes from the the modeler which is the hx stomp by line six and i can control the volume like with a volume pedal that's it all right so then here is mine and mine was shot with a prs uh 2408 s2 custom 35th anniversary on the neck pickup um, going into a supro delta king which i love this tone because before we even started talking about doing these like tone matching things um i found this tone i'm like i'm not gonna stray very far from it because it gets you know you get the amp and it gives you like oh try this for this sound and this for this sound they give you these little tone recipes which yeah okay um but i found this one where if i roll back i think 
I roll back the treble in the bass accordingly and then really make it like midi and throaty and then crunch the output a little bit, like turn the gain up higher than the volume. It just gets this nice, really packed sound to it that's just like super solid. And then in the front of that, um, I have the my newest toy, which I really like because I understand it the least and it's definitely got a good unifunction, which it makes shit sound better. And that's the Blessed Mother um, <laughs> pedal. You just turn and go, oh yeah, that's pleasing. It's like you turn the volume up, but there is something else a little bit to that. So a very light amount of drive, probably about 75% of it mixed into the native source. And just that kind of like transparent uh, overdrive on that. Cool, let's hear it, dude. Here it goes. So, nice. Um, I kind of wanted that to uh, when I hit, when I think of the words like edge of breakup, it makes me think of like a road um, or or some delicate type situation where there's like there's no guardrail there, or there's like the road is falling away, the curb is crumbling. There's something. It's like you have to kind of lean a little bit to just avoid it. Right, your edge, you're getting around it. And so that's why on the, what I played, it started like very quiet, but wanted to like, you can get right to that edge really quickly, um, but still have like the complexity of tone that like, yep, just every once in a while when you go to push it, that's when it starts, that, that's when the steering wheel starts to shake and you're like, oh, I'm not going to be able to keep this thing in the same lane. Interesting. Interesting. I love it. I love how you have a very like poetic interpretation <laughs> When we talked about other ones too, like, I think that's awesome. Like, that's what music is all about. And I just kind of get, I don't know if it's nerdy or what. I'm just like, edge of breakup. Okay, that means slightly saturated. Okay, but what does that mean? How much, what is saturation? <laughs> and what, what is compression or whatever? And that's where my head is. Like, edge of breakup to me is about like that point just before you start to get like a lot of satur like saturation that really is coming through and making your notes sustain a lot more. And there's more compression, meaning there's probably a little less um, like responsiveness, right? Like sort of that range. Yeah, it's, all, the, it's the, almost the something else. It has a lot of the characteristics of something else, but it's yeah. edge of breakup. And, and that's why I think that it's such a, a specific spot that you it's unique to each guitar like the, your entire signal chain like you can't take another guitar and plug it into that same setup and expect it to be the same thing mm, at yeah. all right and ideally to me it would be something that i could dial in lower than everything dimed and then I can just dime it when I want to do a solo. All right. You said that's, that like a couple of times now. What is diming? Oh, 10. Something at 10. Hmm. 
So okay. when your volume is dimed, it's at 10 because ah, it's a, like it. a dime. But these go to um, 11. These, well, there's that. So it's yeah. a dime plus one <laughs> on the sample. <laughs> is that what a bit is? You know, like two bits, four bits, eight bits? <laughs> a dime bit. A, a, dime, a bit dime on 11. Um, yeah. So like on, on that guitar, I have to have everything at 10 dimed. And so it's not ideal for, for that, but I can get that tone. Like I, sure. But perfect. Ideally at a gig, I probably wouldn't take that guitar to a gig. I would take another guitar that I could have the volume at like seven and it would sound just like that. And then I need to do a little solo and I can turn it up to 10 and that's all I need. And I don't need to noodle with stuff. So. Yeah. That's definitely like a, a fun guitar. Yeah. 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 And, and we'll save that for an episode, like... The Franken uh, guitar. The Franken, Franken guitars. No, what's the, not the Franken Strat. What would that be the uh, equivalent <laughs> of? The Franken, <laughs> oh Franken solid body. This is like the, <laughs> the rockabilly Franken uh, <laughs> heavy metal guitar. Like, this guitar even had a little latch that would... It was a drop D tuning latch for the low E, but I took that off. So you can, like, flip a little switch imagine. and it goes to drop D. I can't imagine that working well in the most perfect of execution. But somebody saw it in Greenlit. They were like, Dimebag Daryl fans are going to love this. Right. 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 Well, you know. <laughs> no offense to Dimebag Daryl. Rest in peace. Right. He's an amazing right. guitar player, but not, not my style. Our favorite website, True Fire. Yesterday, I was watching some videos on it. was called the Hard Rock Survival Guide. And it was fun to watch. It's not like a topic I'm always into, but I, Did I just Did they show you how to, to like... spin your guitar over your shoulder and then catch it <laughs> mid-solo? I'll tell you what. I'm always really impressed at the quality of instruction that's on that website. And sometimes I'll look at instructors and I'm like, oh, boy. Here, here's like some surfer dude or whatever, yeah. long-haired hippie. I'm an old man, right? So I'm like, yeah, yeah, hippie or whatever. But then this guy starts talking and he's talking about it from like a super professional standpoint of like, and I'm going to show you all the components and concepts necessary for you to execute songs at your gigs for hard rock. And it was like really, really good. <laughs> and one of the things though is like using drop detuning. So I guess in a lot hmm. of hard rock applications or a few, it's common to have drop D. So maybe it's super useful, you know? Common? I don't know. I, don't know. I, I mean, it's it. not, it's not <laughs> uncommon, I guess, but. Yeah, common would be kind of weird because it would just I mean, be pretty pedestrian. Girls. I mean, you know, how how much have you ever done in Drop D, right? Only Fat Bottom Girls when you and I were <laughs> yep, with exactly. that Queen song. Drop yep. D worked beautifully for that. So, yep. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, that's that's like the word of the day. Uh, I, that's super cool. I, I like how we were kind of close, um, approached it in like totally different ways, I think on totally, totally different guitars, but uh, it, it kind of ended up in a similar spot. I, I predict that that's not going to be the case for all of the tones, which I hope. I hope it's not the yeah, case. Yeah, right. That's what makes it fun. And, and we're kind of making fun of these terms, right? Because, like, what the heck does it mean for your tone to be bouncy or, or even dark? What does dark that even is, mean? That is a very uh, – that is a good one. Is that, a, is that too simple to do for next time? No. Like, all right. I got some. Go for it. I'm thinking already. Artistic, like the Wampler guy, Brian Wampler, man. His he's hilarious when he's doing like transparent tone, and he has a whole YouTube video about it. He's like, dude, 
there's no such thing. Your guitar is going through so many different things. There's nothing transparent about your tone. Like that doesn't exist. <laughs> yep. So, um, yeah, I, I love it. And I, I'm having fun with it. I hope folks like it too. So, um, but okay. Let me ask is this, you were mm. using your, uh, your PRS. Yep. What strings did you have on that guitar? <laughs> well, I upgraded. Should we go go ahead and, and revisit this? Let's talk strings, right? Let's talk yeah. strings. Yeah, absolutely. That's what you want know, a couple of middle-aged guys talking to you about their strings. I mean, like part of what we want to talk about here are things that we think matter or don't matter also for tone, right? Like other people maybe are in the same boat we were a few weeks ago of like, Hey, I'm going to upgrade my strings. Let's see how much that improves everything in my, in my sonic journey. Yeah. I, I put this like, I'll, I I fall for a good number of things. Um, like podcast, uh, I won't say them until they're a sponsor podcast underwear and breakfast cereal. And like just all these weird, like little things that are coming out that are just geared towards like this podcast thing. I think that's why I fell for these string joy strings, right? Cause like they're exactly that kind of product for every industry out there. There is some sort of like, Oh, we'll do the ones that get mentioned on the podcast and then people will buy those. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh. So we're, we're sort of not in love with string joy. Is that right? No, I'm back. I am 100% back on the string joy more just for, um, figuring it out kind of purposes. I think ultimately like I got just strings showing up. I've never had, this is a major thing. Like I've got an entire, I've got my, uh, drawer in my little, um, chest of drawers thing, which has my guitar equipment in it. Right. So it's got, little portable recorder, spare cables, uh, slide, capo, etc. And now it's got like a four by eight box that has like nine pair of strings or nine sets of strings in it. <laughs> and it How used to be regularly, I'd go like, if I broke a string, I'd go, oh, fuck, I don't think I have any. <laughs> How often do you break a string nowadays? <clears throat> or when was the last time you broke a string? Mm, it's probably in my 30s. Yeah, exactly. It was like 15 years ago. Well, unless you count last tuning. Last time it. I broke a, an act, well, or tuning your yeah. guitar, right? Or tuning your bass, right? So I would say that String Joy probably has knows exactly my demographic, and their advertisement is per- perfect, mm-hmm. and the the packaging is perfect. The note the from the dude, right? Yeah. Per- card from a person was amazing. Did I notice anything? So I got the Broadways, which are considered the more vintage strings. I got those on my second yep. order. Yeah, that's what They're I got They're supposed now. to be all... Pure nickel. Uh, pure nickel. And I I don't know. I, I didn't get anything. And you put them on your... Um, I put them on two guitars, right? You and I, what we did was we both did it on two guitars, right? Right. Uh, I did it on my uh, ES-335 clone, the Firefly. Um, I put some meaty strings on that 12 on the high E and 52 on the low E, right? So these yep. are meaty strings. I wanted to get more of a jazz thing going on that guitar anyway. And it definitely changes the way you play. Does it change the tone going through an amplifier? I think not so much. It definitely, the meatier strings, that guitar resonated more. Mm-hmm. It just does. Like it definitely, I could hear it through and I could feel it in the guitar more. Right. Um, 
Because you get that on the solid. I mean, makes sense on a semi or hollow body um, to have the big weighty strings ringing on it. Yeah. Yeah. I I can't bend on it anymore, but that's okay. You don't hear a lot of bends in jazz. And I'm trying to learn some jazz, so it's okay. Um, (laughs) That's why. Because they strung their guitars with 18s. Yeah. It's insane. (laughs) And then I just put like nine to 48 or 10 to 48 or something on my telecaster and they were also broadways yeah you know i gotta say for myself i think i'm not there where it comes to strings nothing against string joy people love it and i don't think that many people can be wrong yeah so people love it uh i want strings that are just durable and not terribly expensive and that's sort of where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, these were a little bit more expensive. I yeah. guess here's what I like most about them, right? Because I got, um, so on my ES, I just did what I would consider my normal kind of set of strings, which is like a regular slash hybrid slinky, right? So a little bit lower on the bottom than what you'd expect for what's on top. Um, and I think I got, the, the, the first thing that drew me to it was I can get nine and a halves. How crazy <laughs> is that? So I got those. And on the ES, yep, they're fine. Do they sound any different? No, I don't know. But that's kind of hard because, like, you know, it, that's my old Epiphone Studio ES335. And I'm playing a guitar that's just, like, a million times its superior. So it's like, hmm, well, I guess, you know, we we put a, a better dress on the pig. But, you know, it's still a pig. Um, at least the way I'm thinking now. So, but that was okay. They're fine. Like I said, they do seem to be well-made. Um, those ones, I don't know how they've worn. I went back and forth a number of times what I put on the PRS, which is my favorite guitar ever for until I replace it. Um, <laughs> I did a completely custom set. So I could say, nope, make my E a 45, make my D a 26, whatever and i went through onesie twosie so i ended up with i think 44s on the bottom and then 11 and a half and a nine and a half on there and I'd, i like them just for the weight because you know yep i could do a hybrid slinky regular slinky i've got both of those ernie ball things i bought some of those uh supposedly futuristically made with their own proprietary blend of 17 herbs and spices prs strings and they came completely unsorted and just randomly bound off. And halfway through determining which one was which, I just decided to screw it, threw them away, um, restrung it with the super slinkies. And I was like, mm, yeah, that's okay. And then I went ahead and I popped for a three-pack of the, the string joy ones because I, re- I think that's the thing that I like the most. I really like the granularity of saying this string, this string, this string, and like wow. just naming them by weight. Cause I didn't think I just came up with a good mix. So hand feel wise, it feels really yeah. good. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I don't think there's been, there's a few shows out there that I've watched recently that debunked the myth that I grew up with of like meteor strings means more tone, like more sustain, more tone. Right. And I don't think that's, they proved that that's not a thing. Um, but what does happen, and you and I talked about this, is like it changes the way you play. Mm-hmm. So like like I was saying, the 12s, I can't bend. So it's just like yeah. y- your, your phrasing changes. And But then like on my daughter's guitar, I put eights. <laughs> I bought the Dario eights, right? I've never had eights before. It's like the lightest strings I could buy because she's four, and I don't want it. I want her to like be encouraged to play. Well, I can bend that like... 
the <laughs> I can bend the B string all <laughs> the way up to the top to, of the guitar, basically. Now <laughs> you know, it's just like a, a comedy. Um, and I had some slightly lighter strings on one of my guitars, and it was just like too easy to bend, and so I, I was like out of tune, sort of with my own mm. bending. It was of like playing too hard, yeah. And that was one of the weird things I had when I had. I think I want to say even the regular slinkies, yeah. even the stock strings that uh, whatever it came with from the factory, which would have been some sort of PRS string. Um, but yeah, like I just found myself like slipping completely off the neck, either the high E or the low E. I would accidentally <laughs> ra- start wrapping it around the neck if it was too late. <laughs> so, okay. So now how fast can you change strings? Oh my God. I'm, I can probably get it done in about 10 minutes, I think. With locking tuners or with no oh yeah yeah no those are those are um there's there's got to be some analogy in your life like once you get a job where you don't have to do like that's what locking tuners are it's like you, yep, you mean nope. the avocado you get the guac yeah well, exactly guac that's right once once the guac is a known thing tuners. it's like yeah no sorry I'm gonna need the locking tuners <laughs> oh man what a comedy so like we said earlier I haven't broken a string in 15 years so. Every time I need to change strings, I have to like watch a YouTube video on the best way to, to yep. wrap your strings, right? So yep. then I think we both watch the amazing Phil McKnight episode on four ways to string your guitar. Yeah, uh, Phil McKnight has a has a YouTube video called Know Your Gear, and he's just amazing. Um, and so the first guitar that I was noodling with, I had it upside down. Like, so you, right. So like my left hand is on the neck usually. And when mm-hmm. I restrung it, I had it. So the neck was, <laughs> uh, the headstock was pointing to the right from me, which meant I turned the tuning peg the wrong way, or I put the string the wrong way. And it was just like a hot mess. And then I even took one of the strings and I put like a D string where it's not a D cause I would have known that's a wound string, but I right. put the G string on the B or something and I snapped it because yeah. as I was tuning it, it just snapped. I was kind of surprised. It I hate that hard. when you looked at, have you ever like when you look down and you realize that it's nutted in the wrong place or it's bridged right. in the wrong place? You're like, Oh my God, fuck. Oh yeah. Can I loosen that and pick it up? Cause I, I was one of right. the, one of the changes I was like, Oh my God, it came out of, the um second string hole but then it got caught on one of the little <laughs> screws for the third string and so now it's like making a left turn at albuquerque to get back to the tune like oh shit did i just ruin that string is there a kink yeah but i will say so and i didn't in the phil mcknight video i didn't understand the difference between two of his styles and i think the thing that i came came away with is if i just put my my finger here and then i turn it up and i make sure i have a good grip and all that and I just put it through the locking tuner and tighten the nut, and then I just, then that's all you have, all you have to do is have locking tuners. Yeah, that's the, the trick is you have locking tuners. Yeah. Now, do you get any wind on your guitar with the locking tuners? I, no, I nailed it. Yeah. So two string changes ago, um, I had the the lamest one, the kind that would get me ridiculed in the band, where it was like I barely had it a quarter turn, and I was done. Yeah. <laughs> and so like yeah, and I had that all the way around except the B uh, the B and the high E were like wound like six times a piece or something. <laughs> so then this past time I paid more attention to how much I propped it up and then like I loosened it and zipped it a little bit tighter. And did you then do the karate chop or something? I did the like the stick two fingers under the nut and then yeah, turn okay. them up on the edge. Right. Okay. And so I just made sure that I 
I had like a decent amount of slack, not a ton of slack between that and the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. And I got them all pretty much uniformly like like two and a half turns around the peg. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I did my so like during that string adventure we did I did a terrible job stringing the guitars. Um uh, but now since I've been like modding all these guitars, I just modded like three different guitars and had to replace the strings on all three of them. Uh, more than once, I think. I don't remember now. I've replaced a lot of strings in the last month. So I got pretty That's going to be the worst part about that job, right? Yeah. Like, I want to put a new pickup in. Do I have to take the strings off? Oh, right. Man. Well, on the Ibanez, I can loosen the strings and just pull the pickup out. Mm. So there's no need to replace the strings. Um, but to do everything else, I had to replace strings. But, uh, yeah, today I did the guitar that actually has locking tuners, and I am not as good with the locking tuners because I have not had as much practice as you have. So on the, on a on a guitar with non-locking tuners, I can do it pretty fast. Hmm. But I agree, locking tuners are so much better. But I definitely have a quarter turn on some strings this morning, <laughs> and I have like six winds on another string. Yeah. Uh, but it seems to be fine. And I'm having a weird thing now, and I don't know what to chalk it up to if it's weather or whatever, because I leave the guitar out so that I'll play it more, right? So it's, yeah. you know, heat turns on, heat turns off. It's been really weird. And yep. I'm finding that I'm just really having a hard time staying in tune. Um, I get it tuned up. And then like five minutes later, I'm a little bit sharp. I'm a little bit flat and no sort huh. of like real, like sensible way that I can make sense of. Yeah. I don't think it would have anything to do with how I wound the strings. Right. But. Well, I saw a video, and I've never been at this level, where the guy said, you need to adjust your guitar at least twice a year when you turn off the heat and when you turn on the heat again in your house, basically. Hmm. Like, there's adjustments that, that need to be made. And it's like, what adjustment? Like, I don't. what do you do? Are you like, do you compensate something? Or do you just do all the checking of all the things, you know, like check the intonation and check for buzz and check for whatever because i don't notice well i guess i did when we turned on the heat earlier this year a couple of guitars started buzzing and right. i and, and another friend of mine was like oh it's probably because you you like you've turned on the heat and now your your yeah, guitar is in a drier place and hmm. things have changed um yeah but i i don't know i i don't know what i would adjust and i don't want I'm such a cheapskate. I don't want to take like these all these guitars to like a guitar tech or something to yeah. just adjust them for me. You know, do do a regular maintenance thing for me, buddy. Um, I'm always worried that um, this is my big worry now. This is like being one of those assholes that gets a new car, um, like a very like fancy new car. Like I don't want I don't want the valet to steal my car, right? I don't want the, somebody to like steal my amazing yeah. sixteen hundred dollar guitar when I take it in to get it serviced. <laughs> it's so funny. You and I both come from humble musical beginnings because like you and I both are like, whoa, $1,600 guitar. Whoa, that is like a lot of money to spend on a guitar. And then yesterday, this dude is just like, I'm talking about my Squire Telecaster affinity guitar that I just put in <laughs> uh, a new, um, new electronics wiring harness and I modded it. And it has like four things I can do like parallel and series for the two pickups. And he's like, oh yeah, my Novo is like that. Yeah, definitely. It's pretty cool. Well, I looked up a Novo guitar like his and it's like $4,000. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, 
Wow. <laughs> I I don't know. I don't I I mean, it's a I saw a picture of it. It's super rad looking, but I would be so terrified to like take it to a gig. Like I I play gigs. I I like the Rock and Roll Marathon. I I don't know if I should be advertising them or not, but <laughs> the Rock and Roll Marathon At least until you have to their, show up. Uh, UN rights trial like is over. March or late February and it's outdoors and you have to get there at five in the morning. Well, let me tell you, in Washington, D.C., it is below zero. It's so cold, we have to tune our guitars down to a different pitch, mm. not 440, because the horns in our band cannot get to <laughs> 440. Um, that's how cold it is. I am not taking a $4,000 guitar, guitar to a gig on in downtown D.C. on the street at yeah. five in the morning. So well, that's like one of the that, that's got to be like the most important thing is like how durable a good is this? Right. I want to talk to the yeah. guy who's got one of those guitars who has been on tour with Ozzy Osbourne for like right. two years and come back and like still loves a guitar, goes into the studio yeah. and is able to record an album with it. Like that's got to be the you know, it's like, yeah, it's probably amazing to have and just like keep in your little guitar room and whatever. But ah. Well, to be fair, there are, I've seen some guys on YouTube that that's exactly what they have. It's like a Novo and they travel the world with it and it's like their most reliable guitar and it just sounds great for everything. And it's like, hmm. okay. That's good. Like, that's worth $4,000. That's cool. Right. I mean, that's your <laughs> livelihood yeah. and that's your guitar. Now I know other people, this guy's a music director for a traveling show around the country and he is in the same boat. I think sort of that we are that like you don't need to spend more than $1,600 to have a phenomenal guitar. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's, that's about the limit of where you're going to be, have a and phenomenal you can, guitar. Like, and you can very reasonably get it for even less than that. Right. I mean like the SE yeah. versions of like a PRS, and I'm just going to be a PRS fanboy. The SE versions of them are also really fucking amazing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it isn't that expensive to add, uh, locking tuners of some sort, if you want, right. That's a relatively, you know, right. Small upgrade. So like you can even get something that would be an amazing guitar for 800, $900. Yeah. So. Right. Well, yeah. And that's an interesting point because at the end of the day, what it boils down to really is how much time do you want to spend noodling with guitars versus like making music mm -hmm. like, and or performing and you need to have a reliable instrument that's very versatile and does a lot of things. Right. So like we talked about this and we watched a couple of, we talked about the YouTube video where the guy, you know, he bought an inexpensive guitar and then he replaced the pickups and replaced whatever. Well, by then it, it is about an 800 guitar dollar. Right, guitar. Right, right. So like you can't even start the game really to have like a great instrument. I think like, under $800 and, and like the guitars I have here, I have them because I want to be able to mod them and not be afraid to do that. Right. So these are all sub $300 specifically because I'm not afraid to accidentally put a ding in it with a screwdriver or do something kind of yeah, dumb. You're going to have it. a soldering gun next to it. So, yeah. right. Like I don't do that. I, I do. I also have a, a $1,300 guitar. I don't do mods on my thirteen hundred dollars <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Fender Telecaster. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, do you ever think so when you watch tennis, right? Tennis player um, 
shows up to a match, they probably have like a bag of three rackets. They break a string, they go over here, okay, or they're having a really bad game or whatever, they're like, all right, change the racket, they go over, and they just kind of like discard one of their rackets, or like if they're mad, they'll like break it or whatever. Could you ever imagine having like that disposable kind of relationship with your guitar? Where, like, I mean, I guess if you were, you know, how many, uh, Eddie, how many red, black, and white guitars did they like? Van Halen, Van Halen have wow, that's hard to say, um, right? Or was he always playing the same one, or no? Was there just like a line of him? Yep, take another one out there. And do you think you could ever, ever, uh, ever have a relationship with a guitar like that, where you just thought it was like, yeah, whatever, it's good until it's not, and then give me another one? I think if I were a touring professional musician playing a gig at least once a week, and most we know most professional musicians are gigging more than, more than that, a week yeah. even right and i had infinite income and a roadie i think i would just have one model of guitar perfectly specced mm-hmm. and not care and like just hand me the guitar like that's the guitar make sure it's always like like larry carlton his like larry carlton carlton actually tours with sort of like a very humble group but he has phenomenal gear like i was watching a video about his gear and it was like yeah, he's got like dropping. an he's got like an amp steward or something right yep <laughs> and he's also his guitar tech so basically like this guy i think tunes and adjusts his guitar almost between every song maybe or every couple of songs and wow. maybe he has two guitars that he just swaps back and forth so that the guitar is always like perfectly adjusted for when he's about to and i think we it goes as far as like oh this next song and the volume is already at six or whatever (laughs) on the guitar you know when he's about to start the song that's because i mean the man is so discerning of his tone um and he can be because he's larry carlton and like one of the greatest i mean there's no point in having an amp and tone and guitar guy if you're not gonna abuse him right yeah Right, right, yeah. It's oh, no, I'm sorry. Watching. I'm going to be in tune on every goddamn number. Okay. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like this is what my audience is expecting from me, and this is what we're gonna do. Uh, you should watch it. I'll send you the. Uh, so, so y'all are gonna be hearing a lot about True Fire. So if you, if you like, hate True Fire for whatever reason, you probably won't listen to our podcast, and that's okay. Uh, but we're currently both total fanboys of true fire we both have all access accounts and we're going to probably gush on them almost every episode but there's one with larry carlton and just it's super old it was probably a dvd that they converted and then there's a whole section where their his guitar tech walks through all of his gear when he used to tour with big gear i can only watch like um yeah very limited amount of those i think you have to be like a fan of because I tried to watch that Joe Bonamassa similar one, and I was like, oh, "Yeah, my God." Oh, does he have one like that where he talks over about here? Have you do you have you watched uh, Silicon Valley? Yeah, right. So you remember the the server room guys? Like, and over oh, yeah. here is <laughs> yeah. where we have a spot for one of your appliances. <laughs> like that's how. Like by the second one, like. All right, and then I've got a uh, Fender Twin over here. This has been right. modded with a black tube, which uh, those originally came from Russia in the 70s. And it's like, oh, my God. And all that is made up. I have no idea. I'm just I know, I know. I would venture to say that the Larry Carlton one is more interesting because it's like 
his his touring rig and it is one amp and one speaker cabinet and he just explains how he routes everything to get the <laughs> coolest sound possible and it's like wow you do a lot and this <laughs> it's like does he like route crazy. like the, he routes the tonic through one effect and then he routes the flat seven through a different one and then <laughs> basically <laughs> he's got like the clean tone and then that clean tone is going to his effects or something like that and then that goes to a speaker or the front of that like mm -hmm. there's just a whole bunch of things going on there to get the ultimate tone it's kind of cool um but oh, super nerdy um yeah true fire all access we'll talk more it's definitely about worth that. it yeah we were gonna have it i'm sure yeah i mean like when it occurred to me that i pay more probably for spotify every month or for netflix but i watch true like when i'm on my break from work my day job i like watch true fire videos or when, when i'm bored on, i watch true when fire. they blow like, the whistle at the code factory you're like yeah, oh, exactly. i'm on break Mom break, let me watch that video by Joe Bonamassa now. Or, you know, it's who's, the, great. who's the guy who looks like the emperor? Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, Pat Martino. Course, Pat Martino. Pat yes. Martino. You may remember Rest him from other courses as Star Wars. Right. <laughs> Rest in peace, Pat Martino, one of the most absolutely amazing, mind blowing guitarists ever with some really insightful things. Uh, has a video on True Fire. I could not stand to watch that video. <laughs> <laughs> but it's worth watching to see if you think it's not worth watching, I guess. So definitely watch it. Um, yeah. Well, cool. Cool. Wow. We talked for a while there. Yeah, like we, I think we, we're good. We, we're good. Oh, uh, dude, I, that was a blast. I, I'm yeah. so glad we, I think our biggest challenge is that we're like going to have more to say and we just got to control ourselves so that we can save it for the next episode and for episode 300, right? Oh yeah. Well, and oh, I forgot to tell you all the cease and desist orders we got when your password was <laughs> locked out. I forgot to tell you about those. <laughs> I think I deleted them, but I think we'll be okay from a legal standpoint. Right. So I think like if you are a busy adult uh, that also aspires to play music and likes to gig or do stuff that, you know, we hope you're going to listen in regularly because that's our plan here. We, we, we have little to no time to play guitar and we're hoping to like cover some of the exploration we're doing around gear. And like next episode, I think what we have there is like, we're going to talk about um, our methodology for like learning new stuff and what we're doing to keep our playing interesting. Right. Yeah, so, if you didn't like this episode, don't worry. Next episode, we may have something that you'll like even less. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's awesome. And, and like in our liner notes, we'll we'll like have links to all the stuff that we talked about um, for you to check out. So. Yep. Everything can be found on the internet at www.internet.com forward slash Calamar right. and Brian. That's right. Grade43.com. Grade43. <laughs> to hear us talk about strings for 45 minutes.